Oh, you shouldn't placate to what whatever, but well, all let, right. Let's let's, let's just ask the let's ask the listeners. <laughs> what you listeners? All right. I want, we're asking you guys because Chris is bringing up some valid points here. Do you tune in to the Three of Seven podcast for the banter or for the actual good informational stuff that we put out, or both? Yeah, or both could be both, right? Uh, d- does our does our banter upset you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to speed past the fact that. I beat you in Team PT today. Well, hold no, on. No, 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 hold no, no, on. no. Let me, Hold get... on. Let me give the hook. Whoa, whoa, this whoa, whoa. podcast, we're going... I, I think we're going to... If... He's already trying to side I know. Hey, look, yeah, no, I, I'm a... Chris is my coach, listen, man. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen. Welcome back to the 307 podcast. How rude of us. We didn't even welcome you back. If you're new to us, we've got, we've got several different types of, of podcasts. We've got long-form guest interviews that release on Sunday... Great guests, have longer conversations, generally go into depth about the person that we're interviewing, have some other conversations as well. Um, there's also randomly placed episodes of 19 minutes, give or take a few, with Chad, where he talks for uh, a long time, but it's supposed to be a minute, where uh, he talks about a topic, whatever's on his mind, whatever's on his heart, goes through that. Then the last... Randomly placed, that's key. The last type. Comes out on Wednesdays, like the one you're listening to now. It's a comms check where the team gets together. After PT, we talk about what's on our mind, how PT went, everything else. This is a specific type of comms check. It will be a Q&A where yes. we answer the listeners' questions. Yeah. Thank you guys for sending in questions, by the way. Um, how about that? Good intro, That, that was a good intro. Good job. Yeah, this yeah. is a comms check. Uh I was going to say something about that. Oh, yeah. I want to tell you guys about the Backyard Conversations Blake's producing on our YouTube channel. That's another little fun little thing to go watch and listen to. We're having a lot of fun on that. So if you're not on, if you're not, if you haven't subscribed on YouTube, go subscribe on there because Blake is now a master videographer and producer and we are putting out some interesting stuff over there so yeah those videos are, are quality now yeah they're actually yeah yeah I, like i i went and watched our videos because i'm like wow this is actually good <laughs> like there's so much stuff in the past that we put out on youtube that i'm like eh mm-hmm. uh yeah but it's so cool to be able to have to put out stuff that i'm like excited about you know yeah and i think it's a cool place Chili's been trying to get us to do YouTube for two years now, and uh, Blake's finally took up the mantle on that video. Well, you know, well, well, what's funny to me is is feedback from people that listen to the podcast and and are interested in what you do. They always want more interaction and a different type of content and everything. What they're looking for is a, a YouTube and yeah. and like a video connection and all that. So go subscribe to the YouTube videos coming every. Thursday? Yeah, right now, yeah, we're putting out the backyard Every week, conversation yeah. Yeah. on Thursday. Th- those are cool too because it's like a it's like something you can instead of like Netflix or like some trash TV, it's it's good enough quality you can actually like watch it on your TV if yeah. you're sitting around for dinner and you want to hear a funny story and you know you got ten minutes to sit down and chill and eat and watch a little TV, put it on there, man. Yeah, can you explain some of the content you're covering right now on those? The backyard conversations. I'm going through my I love me binder. 
uh, which is the binder that followed me throughout my career in the SEAL teams. And every time I would graduate a school or get a certificate, I, that certificate would go in that binder. There's a lot of other things other than those certificates in there. And I'm going through each one of those because each one of those pieces of paper hold a lot of memories for me and a lot of stories and a lot of lessons learned. So we're going through that piece by piece. I think we've done breacher school. We've done the SQT graduation and SEER school. Sam will like to hear the SEER yeah, school yeah, one. Yeah. Um, so a lot of stuff. Blake's even sitting back there behind the camera and he's like laughing because I'm telling parts of, you know, my story that I've never told before. Yeah, so. I mean they're interest they were interesting for me to listen to because they yeah, they're stories I've never heard and so I know you guys would like them if you like following Chad's story. Yes. Yeah, and I think we could make some Blake's such a good videographer and uh, you know, we could make all kinds of videos. And we could film Team PT. But we don't need to do that if no one's interested. So you gotta tell us if you're interested. Um you know, John Radick sent me something the other day, and he said, I, I thought about this. He said, you know, as a, as a business owner or as a leader even, you should sometimes give your team what you think they need, what you think they need, and not necessarily ask them what they need. And I thought, oh, there's something to that. I think there are... There are cases, and, and even in terms of creating content, like for your audience, yeah, for your for for our listeners, you guys are part of the Three Seven Project team. Um, I think there's a balance there, but I think those backyard conversations is something we didn't ask about, we didn't get any feedback on, but I think there are lessons learned in those memories that those certificates hold that people need to hear. Mm-hmm. right so yeah yeah there's a cool balance there that that just struck me when he made that statement i thought yeah that's something to think about mm-hmm. well Blake, some people don't even know what they need so yeah exactly it's on, on us to try to help deliver yeah. what what we think could be beneficial blake congratulations you finally <laughs> won a team pt after two and a half years well i've beat you i think maybe one other time i, I should start noting them they're so rare but yeah well it's a lot more than that See, these, these, that's another thing. We just let him get away with saying that he always wins Team PT, and people have this uh, inflated idea of how it goes every week. But if, if you ever wondered, the ones that he posts, yeah, he probably won that one. But the half the year where he never posts what happens, just use your head and think, hmm, he may not have won that week. Uh, also, Krista... <laughs> yeah, just blow right past that. <laughs> also... Uh, Krista has just, I mean, dude, her up, your upper body is just like beast mode, son. Strong. I'm like, holy, you come up in there, man. I'm like, holy smokes, man. Uh, you have, you have really transformed from the time we met. You've always been fit, but from the time we met to now, I mean, I've just seen, just a transformation. You see how he likes to take credit for that? Uh-huh. It's because, like, what's different now is that you're training with us more and, no, and I, like, I, working with us. I mean... I miss is the time that we, like, met years ago. Well, when Before we, we knew each yeah, other. Before he just likes other. to take credit for that. It was, when, it was kind of in the middle of my kind of recovery I was describing. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I think I have probably 
grown and bounced back. You went so. from a just a fit person to mm-hmm. beast mode. That's what happens when you meet him. Right. <laughs> I think it's really you, Chili. And Chili, <laughs> you're still kind of digressing. <laughs> I agree, but I'm glad that you didn't try to take credit for uh, some mythical improvement. Yeah, let's just be honest. I'm just getting worse. Chili, watch out for your penguin, man. Oh, oh. Oh, he's all right. He'll recover. He'll that recover. Joker is I, uh, getting it, boy. <laughs> I'm retired anyway. Okay. Why does it matter? I mean, I'm retired. So my performance does not... It's, it's inconsequential. Okay. Oh, that's not true. I'm retired. No, you're not retired. You're just in a... No, 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 no. You're just in a recovery. No, I'm formally right retired. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that later. There are a lot of questions that came in on Instagram about when are we going to do some sort of race, some sort of FKT. Well, I ain't. I'm like retired. That. Well, we'll see about that. I'll talk to you about that later. Um, <laughs> so congratulations, Blake. Good job. I was really proud of you, man. You've come so far. You have come so far as an athlete, a, a business leader, a president. Um, a videographer. Yes. I mean, just, it's amazing to, it's amazing to think about the, when Blake's first day at three of seven project full time, he just kind of sat around and thought, well, dang, what am I supposed to do around here? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And he figured it out. That's true. He figured it out. So, um, all right. Uh, something that I've been thinking about, I want to tell you guys about is uh, you guys know that scene in Lord of the Rings when uh, Isildur gets, he he has the ring, he decides to keep the ring and not destroy it in the fires of Mordor, and they're, you know, patrolling on horseback along a creek, and an orc shoots him in the back, and he falls into the river, and the ring slips from his finger and goes to the bottom of the river, and the, the little narrating voice says, and some things that should not have been forgotten, were forgotten. And so I made a post yesterday just reminding y'all of all the crap that we should not forget. Just know I have not forgotten what the world happened the last two years. I just wanted to give y'all remember that some things that should not be forgotten are being forgotten, but I ain't forgetting that's one thing that's on my mind this morning, son. What's Lord of the Rings? There's a difference between forgiving and forgetting. Okay? <clears throat> There's a difference. What is Lord of the Rings? <sighs> Give me a break, dude. You never seen Lord of the Rings? No, sir. It's it's literally it a movie. It's it well, it's a book. It's a series of books written by J.R. Tolkien. Uh, mm. which was they, he was friends with C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, I mean, they're masterpieces. They're masterpieces. Yeah, Tolkien liked to create his own universes. You know the best book that, that I think he wrote wasn't the Lord of the Rings series, but it was the prequel to all the Lord of the Rings. Not Silmarillion. The, the Silmarillion. Yeah. Oh, it's so good, sure. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I, yeah. That is probably one of my all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so good. All right, uh, you guys want to dig? We'll dig into the Q and A. Well, the thing is with this Q, the Q and A, some questions are serious, some are less serious. Mm-hmm. You know, so 
the the conversations <laughs> like don't look at me like that. The conversations dictated by the by the question asked. So how what should we do, Chris? To only do the serious ones that you could actually talk about. I don't know. Maybe we'll just breeze through some of these. Make a decision on the fly, I guess. Okay, well, Blinky91 says, Chili is my favorite person on the planet. That's more of a comment, really. That's a really. comment. <laughs> what the heck, Blinky? What <laughs> else you got, Chili? That's more of a comment, really. But um, Is a whale a mammal or a fish? A whale's a mammal. Mammal. Nah. Yeah. Nah, nah I know what a fish is. Look at it. Sometimes you just got to look at it. Do you have any good questions, Chili? Yeah, hold on. I think a whale's a fish. Um, this is from Doug. Okay. Doug Moore. He said, do not grow weary in well-doing, which I believe is uh, Galatians 6.9. And he said, that verse has me thinking. Would love thoughts on it. What's the question? He wants thoughts on do not grow weary in well-doing. What does that mean? That was his question. I thought it was interesting because... Well, answer it then. Well, he wants a specific, I guess, uh, description of what that means, but because I think it's deeper than how it sounds because you just go, you might go, oh, do not grow weary in well-doing. Well, it means what it says. Don't, and it does, but... I think if you look at the uh, the the language of that, it was the words used in Greek were describing a, I believe, a woman in labor. And uh, when there's, you know, it's a long process, and basically it goes from... You know, at the very beginning when it's not difficult, I, I suppose. I don't, I've never been in labor. I'm but the only person. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> you know, to it becomes very arduous and painstaking. And I, I would assume you grow weary yes. throughout that process. And there's highs and lows. And uh, basically, I think the reason that that was used as the uh, metaphor, if you will, is because, you know, uh, an expecting mother is well doing. Yeah, like it's, I mean, you're, you have, you basically leave yourself no choice but to carry it to completion and, and, you know, continue the, the good work or, or whatever you, you want to say. And so that's the mindset that I think we're called to be in when we're doing this work is it's, it's, it's not an option to not do it. You know what I mean? And, uh, I don't know. I thought it was interesting, but yeah, and, and doing doing good, and um, you know that's on the heels of the fru- the fruits of the spirit. You know mm-hmm. what what that yeah. looks like to to you know constitutionally have that as part of you. It involves pain and suffering and sacrifice. Yep. And a lot of times we have a superficial, I think, often a superficial view of what doing good means. And we can do good with not much cost to ourselves. You know, Chad, you described just the other day, you know, having an opportunity, a battle within yourself of like the opportunity to do good or, 
you were still doing good by having somebody around you, you know, that was kind of visiting and hanging out with you. But you had a choice of how much you gave of yourself, how much you sacrificed, how much you offered. And that can be wearisome because it's mm-hmm. costing you something. And maybe that's a little bit of an angle to that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that's kind of the what's trying to be said there. So I thought it was actually interesting to look deeper into that. The only way that you can get through life and not grow weary of doing good is by the power of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That is, mm-hmm. that is the only way that I don't grow weary of doing good. Because if I did not have the Holy Spirit in me, I would go off the rails. I really would. I would go off the rails. And and so what the Holy Spirit does in me is when I'm supposed to be doing good, if I choose not to do what is good, he doesn't allow me to do anything else. Like I can't get anything else done. So he literally, the Holy Spirit, I say the Holy Spirit is a he, that is, I just, I'm referencing, I, I, I the Holy Spirit is not a he, it, it is, and I am that I am. Um, do y'all get what I'm saying? When I know what I'm supposed to, when the Holy Spirit reveals to me what I am supposed to be doing, and I say, no, I'm going to be selfish and do what I want to do, I will not be able to get anything done. And so then that's why I ultimately always submit because I find myself running in circles and not accomplishing anything until I turn in the direction that he wants me to go. That's how it works for me in my personal life. That's in business. That's in relationships. That's, uh, that's in everything that I, he provides the, the pathway for me to do good, provides the, the, um, the spark or the the intuition of what is what is good what should i be doing right and so that's the only way i don't grow weary of doing good it's all by his strength cuz i am a wicked person let me go ahead and tell y'all if it was just me whoo woo wee warlord yeah well, did y'all know who that that picture i sent y'all the other day did y'all know who that was well it looked like a uh, sun tzu from the art of war, Genghis Khan. Is that who that was? Genghis. Genghis Khan was the greatest warlord that mm-hmm. I, I believe ever walked the face of the earth. He's also extremely evil. Yeah. And he's responsible for the death of millions. Genghis Khan was. Yeah. The more I read about him, the less I care for him. Okay. Um, I've got some. Look, I'm not joking with you guys. You're going to think this is crazy. But you got go a, ahead. a lot of the questions that I had yesterday have disappeared. Hmm. Uh, yes, there. I don't know how, and we're about to talk about one of these questions pertains to social media. I don't know how the lords of Instagram keep up with all this crap, but it has been blatantly obvious that post that I made yesterday, it has been it is, I had, I had five different people say, I have liked this post 10 times and it keeps unliking it. And now a lot of the questions that I had yesterday have disappeared. I don't, this thing, how do they keep up with all this? How do they it's target me and make my stuff disappear? It's not humans. It's computers. Yeah. 
Computers. <laughs> okay, here's a good question. Uh, is being on social media actually smart, healthy, and wise? Nope. <laughs> nope. Krista, Chili, give me your perspective on being on social media. I don't have much to say, so I'll just say no. And Krista can... No. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I mean, well, no, I think is- I think everything involves or needs to have some nuance to it. So I don't give a flat no, but uh, generally I would say it's probably not the healthiest. I, I think anything can be used well, can be used for good, but typically devolves. And I think a lot of times things can start with good intentions and being used well, but as you use it and as it evolves, often will um, have unintended consequences, like things you can't foresee. Mm -hmm. And I think, and then it's just hard to correct. It's hard to right the ship. It's, you know, very difficult to turn the Titanic. And so I think the way that social media and all of this is being um, used and how it's evolved right now, I think there are a lot of unhealthy things about it, but I, I wouldn't give a, a, a sweeping answer of no. I think it, a lot of it depends on the individual. I think it takes a lot of self-discipline, self-awareness, um, just self-control in what you're using and how you're using it. Because I think there are good things that can happen with social media. I, but generally, I choose not to be very involved with it. Um, just I think I'm a healthier individual mm-hmm. because of that. So, Well, Eric, Eric, by the way, you sent four really good questions. This is Eric Savage. Oh, okay. um, we'll do all of them. Uh, being on social media, in my opinion, as Krista said, it depends on the individual person. For me, it's a smart move because Eric... Michael Savage, I would not know you. We would have never trained together. We would have never spent the time we spent together if it was not for social media. So it has, for me, been a smart decision personally. Is it healthy? No, it has been unhealthy for me. Um, I have, I have chosen to sacrifice my privacy. I have chosen to sacrifice. At times, my own mental well-being, um, because I see it as a tool uh, that I I need to wield this tool, and and it's it requires sacrifice. It is not healthy, by no means for me personally. Is it wise? Well, I I don't I, I, I can't answer that question. It uh, has to be more specific. Yeah, yeah. I mean wise for what? When I think of wisdom, what is what is the beginning of all wisdom is the fear of the Lord. I don't think that there's any aspect of wisdom that, that ties into the use of social media. Can you glean wisdom from social media? I mean, do you become wiser if you are active on social media and seeing people's stuff? Maybe so. I mean, I might could see where you could might glean some wisdom from from certain people that are per- posting, you know, the the right content. Um, but that's my opinion on that. Well, I'll just say too. He said smart, like smart for what? Smart for, you know. I can only answer the question yeah, for myself. Yeah, because it's like smart to advance a career as a doing this type of thing. It's like, well, yeah. I mean, you couldn't have done it without it, but for you know applicable to everybody no it wouldn't be smart to use it to try to do 
you know, something completely unrelated. Yep. So. All right. Another question from Eric I thought was really good. Uh, if you could instill one character trait into the next generation, what would it be? I already have the answer for that. Mine would be selflessness. Mine would be selflessness. One character trait. You can't steal mine. So if yours was selflessness, steal yours. All right. Then uh, what would be number two? Blake and Krista have children. Me and Chili, we don't really care about children that much. <laughs> we don't like to be around them. But um, gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this is the one, but the first thing that popped into my mind, I think because I've been thinking a little bit about what I think this kind of generation seems to lack or struggles with, um, and I've had some conversations around this lately, so this is just what pops in my mind, is whatever the opposite of anti, anti-fragile, whatever that, uh, whatever the opposite of fragility is. So fortitude, maybe, um, so yeah, fortitude, like the ability to face adversity and not believe you're fragile. I think there's so much through just um, words and experience for kids nowadays that teach them and allow them to have a mentality of fragility. And I see that this is a, um, a PE teacher. <clears throat> One big thing I say to my kids pretty often is I challenge them to make a distinction between I can't and this is hard for me. And I think that kids nowadays so quickly either say out loud or have self-talk of I can't. Like Mm -hmm. if something, they run into an obstacle or whether it's something physical or just mental, like I have a little kid that struggles with anger, like he gets angry and he can't self-regulate and he and he knows it. He has a problem with anger. And he'll say, like, I, I, I know, I, I, I know, I can't, I can't, I can't control my anger. And I'll talk to him and say, no, you can. What's true is this, it's hard for me to control my anger. And so just making that distinction between it's hard or this is difficult for me, which just saying that is like, okay, this is something that I have to work on. I have to push through I have to figure this out and just shutting it down with I can't and I just I just see that a lot with this younger generation in life and and just little things of not having to face consequences for decisions they make I think that creates more fragility and like and so I just think um that's probably something that's needed Mm -hmm. coming up is is training in just fortitude so Mm -hmm. do you think uh do you think accountability builds that fortitude? Like yes. consequence yeah. for decisions? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. then you have to say, oh, well, I can't get away with this. I've got to figure this. I got Something's got to change. Mm-hmm. Either I'm going to continue experiencing these consequences or I'm going to have to figure this out and change something so that I don't experience these consequences anymore. And sometimes the consequences are theirs and sometimes they're consequences that they bring on other people and hopefully they don't want to cause that pain for others um but yeah i think the consequences really redirect them to the problem Mm -hmm. and then they have to continue to face the problem continue to face the problem and work through it i like that and and you know what breeds a lack of consequence social media social media is a it breeds an environment where there is no consequences for the freaking crap that you say right 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a big part of people living with zero consequence for most especially their words. Mm-hmm. Uh, You've heard that Mike Tyson quote, right? Yeah. Social media has made a bunch of people think they can say whatever they want to and not get punched in the mouth. Something to that effect. Yeah. It's true. Well, you know, I'm going to sound like an old timer now, but when I was when I was in school, mm-hmm. kids fought. Yeah. I mean, we fought. There's a fight every week in school between somebody. Do kids fight anymore? Uh, Very few, and it's get shut down, I think, if they do. We need to go back to letting kids fight. <laughs> yeah. We Somebody used- says something, man, let them get popped in the mouth. Yeah. What about you, Blake? I think probably commitment. I, selflessness mm-hmm. was what I was going to say, but uh, second to that would be commitment. That just means a lot to me, even in the small things. Mm-hmm. If you say that you're going to be somewhere, you're going to do something, and then you think, well, it kind of ties into consequence. Well, maybe there's no huge consequence to not doing it, but if you say you're going to go somewhere for dinner, then be there for dinner at the time you say you're going to be there, and just knowing that your words and what you say really matter and keeping the commitments that you make on whatever level. Uh, I mean, I saw that, whether it was the kid's age or maybe it was the generation I grew up in, but people would say they're going to come hang out or come do this or come participate in this, and then they just wouldn't show up. Maybe they sign up for something. They don't show up, don't say anything. They're always just like you talk about is it a, a fact or a reason there's there's mm-hmm. always there are some facts that th- things that come up and you're like well now i really can't do this thing that i said i'm going to do but in general people just don't do the things they say they're going to do because either something better comes up or at the time they just don't quite feel like committing to what they had committed to then so that's what i would say is that what the bearded dragon's all about is teaching commitment <clears throat> um I don't know. No, not really. Did you get, really? Did you get a bearded dragon? We got a you bearded got dragon. Oh, Carrot right. cakes, its name. Awesome. Uh, but I Car- think I, I think having a a pet for a child. You think about mm-hmm. a young child that that grows up. Let's say on a farm. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to have a better understanding uh, of what commitment means mm-hmm. because they're committed to keeping. To, to the life of another creature, yeah, right? So I think that's a wonderful way to build commitment into kids is uh, is have a pet. Yeah, I think it's have them in charge of it. Something that will come out of it. Yeah, I like that, Blake. Or, or at least the parents will be committed to it, yeah. right? <laughs> Somebody will have to be. Somebody will be committed. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> holding her to it at night when she's already, you know, just thinking, we've only had it for a week or so, but... When she's laying down and already in there for bed and, you know, if she forgot to turn the lamps off or mm-hmm. whatever, then it's like, hey, you know, you got, and so we'll make her get up and go turn them off. And she's usually pretty good about it, but um, making them stick to the things and say, mm-hmm. hey, you remember you said you wanted a pet? Mm-hmm. Well, now you've got it and these mm-hmm. things are required of it. Mm-hmm. And Well, and there can be a lot of um, enthusiasm at first because it's a novel situation, but what where I think a lot of growth happens with kids who have pets is once that novelty wears off and they're like, oh, I have mm-hmm. to keep doing this forever yeah. <laughs> to not let them get away with that and be like, well, you've committed to this. And so I know you're not riding on that excitement anymore. The adrenaline's gone, but that's where I think a lot of growth can happen is when you help them, you know, push through that wall and yeah. just, make that decision to stay committed even though they're not feeling it because man as adults 
you go through that, project that out, you know, so many years, they're going to experience that same feeling and that same moment as an adult in some situation. Mm-hmm. And you're training them to, to stay committed even when they're not feeling it or feeling excited about it. Yep. That's the fitness journey. Mm-hmm. That's personal fitness. That's yeah. the journey. Yeah. In the beginning, you're you're making all these massive gains. You're mm-hmm. you're losing weight. You're you're able to to see the progression, and then you get to a point where the the progression like is very very just small, 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 right? And then that's where what Krista's talking about comes into play. Like, okay, the excitement's gone, but this is still important, and I have to stay committed, even though I'm not seeing. You know, I'm not feeling the same excitement about it. I'm not seeing the same gains. Yeah, that's life mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. What about you, Chili? What would you instill into uh, a young Padawan? I don't think my opinion very valuable on this. I mean, what's a character not trait? A, not a good Q and A. What's a character trait that you value? Well, um, I mean, I, I'm I, interested in that. I think if selflessness is uh, is in the proper order number one, then something else that's important that almost sounds contradictory to that, but it's not like if you're selfless, like if, if that's a part of your character, I think it's very important to be yourself and Mm -hmm. to be, which almost sounds selfish, like to be the individual, the unique individual that you are, you know, from when I got out of high school and and you're you're around these college age people and and all through high school and in college age people it's like nobody nobody wants to be themselves they they desire to be like everybody else i i I, I don't understand it wear the same clothes drive the same types of cars like they base their decisions off of what other people are doing and it just I mean, it literally like short circuits my head. I don't understand it. And I think, I think a lot of problems are created by people trying to fit in. And it's like, gosh, it's the worst thing ever. And why do that? Like, what are you getting out of that? Because literally nobody, (laughs) if that's what you're trying to accomplish by, yeah, dressing a certain way, talking a certain way, doing whatever, you're just going to be miserable because you're not doing what you actually like. And you're going to make, I think people think they're like, it's, you're going to fit in doing that. And in a way you do. And then in a way you lose all of your uniqueness and you just become nothing. You, you, it's just like another, you know, just random person that, that, doesn't make an impact. You can't make an impact trying to fit in. You got to be different to make a difference. Well, I mean, like, that's another thing. Don't try to be different. Like, you see, some people do that. They, they like, they do stuff because they think it'll get some reaction or whatever, and it, that's not even them. Yeah. Like, just be you. Yeah. And, I mean, I think I think everybody, I don't know that that's unique to my generation or whatever, but I think it's people have a real hard time being themselves. You know, it's interesting you say that, Chili, because I wrote an entire chapter in my book that will be done in 2057 that um, talks specifically about the importance of being yourself. 
Yeah, so, I, th- I, I like that, man. I think it's critically important because I think like the more you try to not, the more you just like die from the inside. Being yourself can become your greatest advantage. Being myself was the greatest advantage for me in SEAL training. It really was. The yeah. fact that I was myself. And so the big thing, the biggest factor was my accent. And, you know, I could have chose to to try to... I, I could have, I think, gotten rid of my accent over put the course of years. Put on the speech voice. Yeah, okay. But my biggest advantage was a piece of me that was about my... It was my unique self, that southern accent that was really, really pronounced back then. Um, and the what was great about it, this is interesting, is all of my instructors... And also, all of my classmates thought I was just a dumb redneck, right? So I was not a threat to them. They just thought, this guy's just going to go away, right? And uh, that became my biggest advantage because it, the spotlight was never... I, did, I didn't stand out as a threat, you know? And so, yeah, being myself has served well, me I, well. I think what Chili's describing, too could to some listeners seem to contradict what you were saying chad about selflessness right because it could come i preface across that as, yeah it could yeah. come across as that but i think what chili's talking about is having a strong sense of self which is different than being selfish yeah and i think it can can go that sure, direction sure, sure. on the spectrum of like idolizing yourself and you do have like this kind of self-help culture right sure. now where we're very self-focused and it can be in an unhealthy way um, but I think what you're talking about isn't indulging the self, no. but understanding who you are at your core and having a strong enough sense of self to live out of that and be unique and be, yeah. you know, fully who you are and so bring everything to the table, your experiences, your, you know, character, all that stuff. And I'll say too, cause I've talked, you know, people have said, I think one thing that most people have a hard time about that is, is they're like, well, man, you're, everybody's influenced by others. And that's, and, and that's exactly right. I mean, I'm, I'm who I am today because of who my parents are and who my other family members are and who I've come across and became friends with, you know, like n- nature and nurture. Right. Mm-hmm. But still there, there's you at the core of that. So stop making decisions based on what you think someone else wants you to do. And, be yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other problem with that is a student said at the proving ground that I've I've wanted I've wanted to please people all my life and, and I don't want to do that anymore. But now I don't know who I am because I have let other people's influence on me <clears throat> change my view of who I am. And so now I don't even really know who I am because that's who I've been all my life is is taking my self image from these other people and thinking about how they see me. And now I don't want to do that. But I, I now I don't know who I am. And so that can be an issue if you do that too long. I don't know that you need to know who you are. You just need to just do be, what makes you happy. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. You can't misconstrue this. Like I'm not basically I'm talking about in decisions that just like you're. No, I, I get it because yeah. who, who I who I am has changed over the course mm-hmm. of my life. But. Mm-hmm. It's changed because my mission has changed. Yeah. So it can, there's nothing wrong with having to rediscover who you actually are. And who you are is what you're passionate about, what you believe in, 
what you stand for, what you enjoy to do, what's comfortable, what what clothes do you are you comfortable in? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. well, you know, that's Krista loves old classic vehicles, like things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's all part of who you are, and it's okay to go through the process in the middle of your life of rediscovering who you are. Yeah. But what's happening when you're into that process? Don't look around you and say, "Man, I actually like that old 1971 Ford truck right there." But it's going to sound really weird if I say that around all my friends that drive Teslas. That's a good example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. all right, here's a fun question. All right, this is like an Eric Michael Savage question podcast. His <laughs> questions were so good. This is a fun question. If you, if now I've had a little time to think about this, so I knew the question, so I'll answer first. If you could only take a Ziploc bag, we'll say a quart size Ziploc bag, all right? Is that like a sandwich size? No, a little bigger, like in between a sandwich and a, and a gallon, uh, into the woods to survive for a weekend, what would be in it? All right. <laughs> So, quart size Ziploc bag into, oh, I know. into the wilderness. I know. What would be in it? So, here yep. is what I'm going to say. W- my first item would be a ferro rod. All right. Second item would be tinder. Um, third item would be 550 cord, cordage, as much as I could get in there to have room for my last two items which would be iodine to purify water and fixed blade knife. That's what I would take. Chili? I would fill the bag up with peanut butter. Ooh. For a weekend? Yeah, that's not actually you not said a, You said a weekend. That's actually not a bad idea. That's a really good that, idea. That's my legitimate answer. You said a weekend, so it's just too... And I'm, well, if it was the desert and there was no water... I'd have an issue with that, but it, <laughs> you would fill the whole Ziploc bag up with, with, water. with water. But if there's, I'm assuming there's a water source, if there, I'm, I'm assuming there's a water source and it's just a weekend. So I'll just go, I don't need to filter it. And then a bag full of peanut butter. Okay. That's, that's a really good idea, dude. Yeah. It's hard to argue with for a weekend. Yeah. Two days. Go ahead, Blake. Top that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, maybe Blake think of it as if, okay, this is a weekend, but I don't know if I'm getting out in the weekend. Maybe I'm going to be here for two weeks. Survival scenario? Yeah. I uh, think that's more what he's looking for. I could get out. Uh, I mean, there's not much else to add to your bag. I, I might would take, uh, if you're thinking you might be out there longer, I might would take a water filter instead of iodine. I know it can fail, but you can run out of iodine too. So I can also clean wounds with iodine. That's why I chose iodine over yeah. a water filter. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah, I, I was going to say I wouldn't add much to Chad's bag, but you didn't have any food in it, so I would probably put, well, either I'd find, what's the name of the guy um, that we run into at the basic course that lives? Walter. Walter. Maybe if I found Walter, I could borrow some of his rice. Oatmeal. <laughs> Oatmeal. Oatmeal. That's right. Oatmeal. If you guys want to read some interesting <laughs> trail journals, go and Google T.P. Walter. All right. Walter's a 70-something-year-old dude that packs a 120-pound pack into the wilderness. He goes on like 30, 40-day-long winter trips. He lives off of oatmeal. His his 120-pound pack, 30 pounds of that is oatmeal. All right? Interesting dude. He's actually a really good writer. His trail journals are, are really good, so... Yeah, that's a, that's a good call. The reason I didn't add... The reason I didn't bring food is because I, I couldn't fit enough food in my quart size Ziploc bag 
Um, <laughs> food, food is the last on my priority. But you could fill all the empty space with like rice or oatmeal or something. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, but like I can go a long, long time without food. So my first priority in the wilderness is shelter. What's going to kill you before anything else is going to be the environment, either mostly cold, right? So my 550 cord, I can build a shelter, an A-frame debris hut with that 550 cord. I could do it without it, but the 550 makes it a lot easier. My ferro rod and my tender, because that will keep me warm. So now my basic needs are met. My second priority is water, all right? Water is after the environment. Water is the thing that will, lack of water will kill you quicker than anything else. Food is the last thing on my list because you can go a long, long time without food. My fixed blade knife is going to help me build my shelter. I would actually um, lash that thing to the end of a spear and I would try to kill a big game animal with that. That would be my long-term plan for food. I'm going to just sit under a tree and eat peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In your um, deep squat. <laughs> All right. You got any good questions, Shelly? Yeah, here's a good one from Kelly. The biggest challenge as a team that y- y'all have had to face so far? Ooh. I thought that was a good question. Immediately, I thought, well, we haven't had that. But that many but it's a good question i'm gonna say the biggest challenge that in my mind that we face as a team that has been ongoing is the fact that we only get to be together once a week i think that's the biggest challenge for us i i think that if we were and that that's for different reasons right geographically krista works three four jobs (laughs) like uh, Chili lives in Chattanooga. Um, I think that if we could be together on a more regular basis, I'm not saying five days a week, but you know, three to- three times a week. I think that that it would it would be awesome, right? So I think for me, that's our biggest challenge. Now we do what we do. We pack a lot into the one day that we get to spend together. Um, and I say we pack a lot in, that's not just where the way you build a good team, it ain't all about just the work you get done. We pack a lot of good, meaningful time, memories, stories into this one day that we spend together a week. And this day is so important to me. You know why this Wednesdays are so important to me? It is the the thing in my life that is most consistent. I can count on it on Wednesdays. I'm going to be with my team. And no matter what mood I'm in, no matter what I'm going through, we're going to create memories. We're going to do something hard together. And we're going to help people by having these conversations. And it's like, it's like the it's like the beacon in my life, Wednesdays are. And so I think that's the biggest challenge is that we're only able to be together once a week. So uh, the only other thing I could think of would be when Chad spends all the money. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> when he says, when he makes hey, Bubba, decisions. Uh, I'm going to buy 17 of these coolers that are uh, $300 each. <laughs> you good with that? 
say half. That's what we need. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it may not even be an actual challenge, but in my mind, just coming up with, with something, um, some other source of income that's more sustainable than what we have. It's not really a challenge because what we do is working, and it's probably just out of uh, fear mm-hmm. of not having enough that, that I think oh, that's that, a good one. Though. But, but in my head, that's something I'm always trying to think of or come up with ideas and so that again legitimate or not that's that's probably what yeah. what i would say what do you think chili you've been with us now for over a year and part of the team for over a year well What's, i don't think we all have to answer them i mean y'all hit it pretty good no I man I, I think this is I, it's I, funny i i when you read that question i heard it differently i thought it the person was asking like uh, like a trip we've been on or uh, an event we've done. Like yeah. what's the biggest challenge? You can answer faced? it that way. So, so yeah. you an- just answered it differently than I expected. So. Yeah. I don't have anything. I mean, yeah. I would move on because I, yeah. I don't have anything no, good to no, add. I mean, what's the biggest challenge you faced? Is it learning how to ship stuff? Is it managing social media? Is it what's been the most challenging thing for you? Is it putting I mean, up with me? Is it pro- probably the, the fact that you won't let me move on from this question because I don't have anything. <laughs> Hey, Chili, what you got? I'll, I'll freaking tell you if I got something. You got anything, Krista? No. Go ahead, Chili. Oh, gosh. Next question. Boring. <laughs> yeah, I'm bad at Q&A. Right. Just let me feed the questions to you. Come on, man. <sighs> no, you're good at Q&A because you, you got keep an- it moving along. Yeah. You got another good one, Chili? Uh, Lost Jedi wants to know if uh, you ever use beard oil. I'm assuming that's for me. Um, Never. <laughs> <laughs> It might have been for me. <laughs> it could have. Might have been for me. <laughs> Dude, why do you think you guys can't grow beards? Do y'all have have y'all? Why had do your... you think you can't grow a beard, Krista? <laughs> no, I'm not. Talking. I don't want to. I think I have low T or something. Have you guys had your testosterone levels checked? Because it's really, it's really sad that you guys can't grow a beard. Yeah, I've probably got low low testosterone. I've probably got no T. <laughs> So Chad, do you use beard oil? Um, it 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 depends. I'll tell you when when I do use beard oil. I use beard oil when I'm in the wilderness, uh, and I use it because I like the smell of it. I use citronella beard oil. When you're in the wilderness, you go to stinking after about two days, and y- you get tired of your stink, and so of a morning. I will wake up and put on citronella beard oil and I will burn a stick of incense in my tent. And I do that because I'm tired of smelling my freaking stink. And it helps me like, I don't know, smells smells are powerful to me. Um, it just puts me in a, in a, I don't like the mornings anyways. I hate departing the tent. And so it helps me get in a... But that's the only time I use beard oil. Um, my beard's gotten so long now, you guys might wonder why it's not getting any longer than this. And it's not because I trim it. It's because probably because I don't use beard oil and the ends of my beard split and they just break. So my beard is at a point now where it's just constantly breaking. And so that's why it stays this length. Got that brittle beard. Yeah. And the sauna doesn't help with that. No. Okay, here's a good one from Teddy. All right? Matrosalus? Yeah. Teddy, the Greek. <laughs> um, this is a fun question. 
If you only have one more adventure for the rest of your life, where would you go and what would you do? These exclusive questions I are hate so these hard kinds to of, answer. I know, I hate these kinds oh, of questions. Oh, that's a good one. I think I it's good. And you know why I think it's good? Because I just watched the movie The Bucket List last night. Oh, yeah. Oh, that... that. Hmm. One adventure. Hmm. You're, you're terminal. All right, you're terminal. You got time. I'd probably just you're, sit you're and wait to die. You're completely healthy, but you got time to take one more adventure. Mm. Where would you go? And what would you do? I'd probably just sit and wait to die or something. I actually think I know how to answer that one. Okay. So I would sail, I don't know where, around, I don't think I could go around the world, but go on a long sailing trip with my husband. If I were terminal and that's what the last thing I could do on adventure. Because wow. he's always wanted, he wants to live on a sailboat. And I've always said, nah, no. Yeah. And so I think I would do that to, because I would want to be with him and do an adventure with him. And I think that would be something meaningful for him. So that's what I would want to do. Wow. I did not expect that. <laughs> that's a good answer. <laughs> I mean, that's a very yeah. selfless thing to waste your last adventure on <laughs> a sailing trip. Yeah. Who? Yeah. And it, would, it would totally get me out of my comfort zone, too, because that's not that's not what I would want to do. So... I would not be comfortable doing that. So, so it would be good for me, um, but I think it would be good for us, and I think it would be a good way to spend my last adventure. Okay. I've always wanted to live among, like, um, really tribal people. It, like, I mean, I don't know for how long a period of time, but I would like to go live, like, with it. Not just to – part of it to experience their culture, but um, – yeah, I don't know. If I had, if I was like, yeah, I'm about to die, and I don't have to worry about getting any sicker or, or somebody killing me, then I would just like the uh, Sentinelese people on the the <laughs> island or something, like go try to get in and try to live with them and see what they're all about. Mm. I think that would be an adventure. That's interesting. Another question to add to what Teddy asked is, do you think you'll actually do that if that if it came to it? Because you probably wouldn't, would you? I mean, if I'm completely healthy and they're like, uh, you're going to die in like a however long, then yeah, if my family can come, then yeah, we'll probably Just go do it. Yeah. Bust it. Well, Krista, I would also go on a sailing trip. Um, I would load up all of my kit, uh, my weapons, night vision, body armor. I would load them onto a sailboat uh, because I wouldn't be able to fly with them. And I would sail to a a the most evil place in the world probably china and i would kill as many evil people as i possibly could with whatever time i had left i would start my own little individual war against evil and so that would be my final hurrah um would you bring your battle axe Yes, I'd bring my battle axe. I would kill as many people with my battle axe as I possibly could. Eventually, they would get me. Um, the The reason I, the one of the big things I like about my final adventure is that eventually they would get me, and uh, I would just push so hard that uh, probably quicker than you think. I, yeah, but <laughs> I, I I think the most beautiful death is is uh, death in battle against evil forces. I think that's the most beautiful death. So my alt, you know, I started to say, well, I would jump out of, do a skydive from 20,000 feet and just burn in. 
Um, but I think it would be Just hit real hard. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be nice to be able to know you were terminal and go out on your own terms, man. And uh, yeah, I would go wage a brutal warfare against some evil people or government somewhere. It would be pretty epic. Jump out of a plane with no parachute. Just burn in, just, dude. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Teddy, you probably didn't expect that to uh, be my answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go on a killing spree. <laughs> I would only kill bad people, though. Oh, my gosh. Um, Chili? What? You can't escape that question. Yep. Oh, I would probably just uh, just uh, go run with my dad one last time. Mm-hmm. That's probably what I'd do. Okay. How far would you run? Till you died? Bars he wanted. Okay. It's good <laughs> stuff, man. Okay. Uh, good. <laughs> um. All right, last question. I don't know if we'll end on this. This is an easy one. The most important, this is Johnny May, 25, the most important commandment to follow. Jesus told us that. Love your Lord. I don't know the exact words. Love the Lord more than anything else. Yeah. All right? And treat other people like you want to be treated. That's the the ultimate commandment to follow. Um. Do you have any more questions, Chili? No, not a. I mean, not one I'd want to end on. No. <clears throat> okay. Come on, you probably got a bunch. Oh, I got a ton. I've got a ton, but we're we're almost at an hour here. So, and uh, and I have to pee. Let me see if I see one more good one. Um, we'll do a running question. We'll do a running question. This will be more for me and Chili. How many miles for a long, slow distance run on average? I mean, how fit are you? <laughs> like, if you're just starting out... Um, this is from Ridge Runner, so let's assume Ridge Runner's pretty fit. Okay. That got a couple ultras under his belt. All right. What constitutes a long, slow distance run? I'm saying 18 miles. Anything 18 miles or more. Yeah, I don't... I don't like rules like this, but, you know, three hours slash 20 miles, I mean, that's pretty standard, you know, it's, it's a rule because it is, it does work, like it's, and obviously if you did 19 or 18 or something like that, I mean, it's basically the same thing, so yeah, that's, anywhere around there, it's hard to argue you're not going long at that point, I mean, I don't care who you are, that's, that's long, yeah, you know, so, so yeah. That's a that's a good standard. So we agree on that. That's not that slow though. Three hours for that's 20. nine minute pace. I mean, but but no no, I didn't say you had to do twenty miles in three hours. Three hours oh, or, or 20, twenty miles. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean twenty miles might take you four hours, but or yeah. you may do fifteen and three or whatever it is. That's fine. It's that's long. Mine's right around that eighteen to twenty mile mark too. Yep. All uh, right, guys. My, I, mine too. <laughs> Chris is talking about eight hundred meters, <laughs> but I don't like the the rules like that. Like, well, like they I know say, you don't. Oh, Chili. you got to increase your mileage ten percent each week. <laughs> Man, I know you don't. And, and Ridge Runner, if you want to know everything we know about running, go check out Enough Said Running. That's what we shouldn't have answered. 
that question. Yeah, we talk about all that in, in much more depth on Nuff Said Running. Go to NuffSaidRunning.com. You get a 10-part master class that we filmed and produced and put out for you guys. It costs 99 bucks. It's less than the cost of a pair of running shoes. I can't believe every freaking new runner on earth hasn't bought this course. I, I, I No, it really doesn't surprise me. It really doesn't surprise me, man. Because, because... People, the majority of people are all freaking talk. They don't actually want to get better. They don't actually want to train. They don't actually want to learn. All they want to do is freaking talk about it, man. So no, it doesn't surprise me at all. Let me tell you what. You guys think that you're ready to go and do like advanced things, like learn advanced skills, and you don't even have the foundation of what it takes to be a team member and a leader. You don't, you can't even do the freaking basic things. How do I know this? Because I train people for a living and I have people out and you guys don't even know how to do the foundational things that you have to start with to accomplish anything in life. But you think you're ready to move on and do something difficult. And you can't even do the things that are, I guess they're not simple. But you don't even know how to form a team. You don't know how to communicate. You don't know how to lead. You don't know how to be led. You don't know how to do any of this. You think you do? Guarantee you don't. Come out and train with me. I guarantee you, you don't. So no, it doesn't freaking surprise me, man. Clip that. Enough said.